welcome to 646. My name is Doss McManus, and we are joined by the baddest band in the land, the Weber Brothers. They have 12 or 13 independent albums. I'm not sure which Something like that. Some, yeah. One of those. 12 or 13. <laughs> one of those. Which is awesome. Uh, they have played with Gordon Lightfoot, Ronnie Hawkins, Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson, just to name a few. I'm sure the list goes on and on. It's friggin' awesome to have you guys here. It's uh, Great to be here. Thank you. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I've been meaning to have you guys on for a while, and uh, it was just luck that you were in it, Logan McQuaid, Ryan, and we were able yep. to set it up. So. It's fortuitous. Yeah. 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 It's good to be here. It's a tight word. Mm. Um, Try to use tight words now and again. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's cool to actually get to finally hang out with you guys, because I don't get to see a whole lot of... <laughs> I don't get to see a whole lot of people because uh, I'm I'm playing a lot and obviously you guys are as well. So yeah, know um, how that is for it's, sure. It's a nice way to get to sit and shoot the shit. Hopefully, for, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it will, will well, be. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's kind of the thing about being musicians. You yeah. don't generally get to see other people because yeah. we all work weekends and we're all busy doing yeah, stuff. Yeah, or, or so like go to many shows, go to many concerts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because everyone's like, hey, you want to come see my show? It's like, yeah, I really do. When is it? Saturday night. Oh. Yeah, you're always doing your own. <laughs> we'll be out of town, but good yeah. luck. Yeah. yeah, have fun. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, it's very cool to have you guys here. Um, Great to be in, man. Thank you. Something that I like to do just to kind of get started with everybody is kind of talk about how it all got kicked off, like how it started, if, if it was a specific song or record or even if it was a like a piece of artwork because i know for me um i remember seeing the um the the album cover for bad out of hell mm -hmm. by meatloaf yeah and that was like a holy shit kind of moment um that really kicked off oh know, that's just, what got you in uh, yeah yeah and then musically eventually was zeppelin but yeah but, sure uh, yeah was, was there like a specific uh, and like even if it was different for both of you guys too mm -hmm. uh, I was just thinking about this the other day actually uh, for me the first real guy was Axl Rose oh really and right uh, Appetite for Destruction album like that's yeah. that's the first one I remember being like wow now that is that's life changing that is as cool as you can get you know what I mean and yeah. wanting to do something that cool right. that was the one that really grabbed me I think was Appetite yeah oh was, yeah you know everything about that album is rock and roll yeah it's loud edgy and, and parents we, hated it yeah we, i was gonna say we had to sort of sneak it of course like yeah. we weren't we weren't supposed to be allowed to hear that but our right. cousin had the tape and so we'd go up uh, if we ever went to visit there and he would play it in his room and then we'd get like you know recorded copies and sneak it because there was you know some cussing in it right. that yeah, my dad course, and mom yes. didn't like yeah, that's right. at the time but i think the first uh performance i can remember there was a lip sync contest down in our hometown westminster maryland when i was five ryan was eight or something and yep. we did patience by gnr oh, no way. he yeah, was axel awesome. i did axel nice. sam was duff not oh, slash not slash not yeah oh, for man. some reason i was always always the duff guy huh. so we did that and won fourth place 25 bucks very was cool. that the prize it was 25 yeah. at five and eight and mm -hmm. i mean who would have known that our first uh, professional gigs wouldn't even pay that much. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, that was a precedent we set, I yeah. guess. Yeah. <laughs> we demand at least 25. Yeah. But yeah, so there was that, and then, you know, always very interested in music. Yeah. That's, sure. you know, kind of just our thing that we've been into. And there was a guy who lived not too far from us, just down the road, who was our age, named Tim Bracken, and he was a drummer at that time. So... 
as soon as we kind of figured that out, then we made a band nice. when I was eight or nine years old. And oh, yeah. been in the same band ever since. We still play much. with him. No way. Uh, now and again, whenever we can. That's awesome. Yeah, he lives just down the street, so. That's super cool. So how did you guys figure out that you were going to get instruments? Like, was that, does your family play, or? Our, our dad uh, writes songs. Oh, Pap cool. Weber, he, he writes songs, sings, and, and had a great record collection. Mom, too. Uh, so we would listen to that, uh, and like I say, I think it was after the Guns N' Roses infatuation, where right. it was like, okay, well, we should do, we got to do something like that. Right. And Sam got a guitar when he was maybe eight. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I was just going to be the singer at that time. Okay. Um, but looking around town in Westminster, there was nobody our age that played bass. Right. That we could find, and uh, we didn't even really know what a bass did or that you needed one, but it seemed like all. The bands we liked had one, so I, right. somebody had to pick up the bass, I guess, so it was going to be me. That's awesome. And that was it. Yeah, not a bad way to, to get it rolling, right? You just well, yeah. you start playing the, the instrument out of necessity. I know uh, in my family, Devin's the older brother, so mm-hmm. he was lead guitar. Mm-hmm. I'm the little brother. You can play the bass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, yeah, you know. by default. Yeah. yeah. Here's some scraps. Yeah. Play the bass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and Sam wrote uh, a song, one of the earliest songs I remember. He, he wrote one called Pretty-Eyed Girl oh, nice. when he was maybe like five or six. No I way. still kind of remember that. How, do you, can you remember the melody? Yeah, it went, I was walking down the street. I saw a girl that I'd like to meet. Her eyes were so pretty. Lord, I'm getting gritty. That That's was pretty awesome. much it, yeah. Then chorus, Her eyes were bridge. So pretty. Pretty-eyed girl. Yeah, more of a doo-wop thing. I remember right. seeing the the first movie made about the Jackson family. Oh yeah. And when they started out just doing like the just vocal <laughs> stuff, so it's like, all right. I think let's we always do that. <laughs> yeah. We always struggle with the word gritty. But that's the only one we could find that like fit in with pretty. Sure. So, Lord, I'm getting gritty. Yeah. Like even then we were like, what does that mean? Does that matter? <laughs> I don't think it matters. And we Never have one, did. We have one called Ripping Waves really early on, too. Right on. And uh, actually, probably the earliest one that Sam did was called Christmas Loves Me when he was three. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was a good one. Still a classic, and footage of that still exists really? somewhere. Yeah. Like out on YouTube somewhere, maybe? Or... No, I think there's more like home movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is on like old like tape exactly oh, and we yeah, had yeah. that we had that patience lip sync uh videotape too but we have not been able to find it and we've been right. looking for mm-hmm. a while but maybe gone because that's that's our real first stage time right right that's awesome mm-hmm. uh, i actually i still have um it's hidden <laughs> but i have a tape of the very first gig i ever played with Devin, and uh Fond memories of it, and then I rewatched it. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> right, yeah." Okay. Sometimes best to not watch, but yeah, yeah, at that age, it's good to watch it all, you know. Yeah, and you know, you kind of. What kind of tunes were you guys doing? Ah, uh, when we first started out, we were like Sabbath and like, but not playing it properly. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, and, yeah, you don't really mm-hmm. play it properly, then you just right. You know, it's like, play something. Yeah, playing anything and and butch and like we did earache my eye by Cheech and Chong. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we did some like um like we bastardized a bunch of Floyd and we bastardized some uh, Hendrix and and Sabbath and Zeppelin and you know like everything that I think every kid wants to know how to do when they first start out and then yeah you know then you start to learn how to play and then you revisit it later and you go oh 
okay. <laughs> I've been <laughs> right. doing this really wrong for a long time. So um, just that kind of that kind of shit. Um, yeah. How old were you guys? You it was like eighteen and twenty something when we came up here. Yeah, when you came up to Canada, I think I was nineteen the first time. Okay, yeah, was the it initial uh, the initial visit, which was just like a a couple of days out at Ronnie Hawkins' place. I was seventeen. That would have been the winter of two thousand, I think. Oh wow, December yeah. two thousand, because he graduated a year early, so that we could sort of oh, hit the cool. road kind of thing. So you did like a fast track in high school to to get I did. fast. He's always yeah. taking shortcuts whenever he can. Well, yeah, there was a at that time there was a big uh, overcrowding issue oh, okay. at our high school, Westminster High School, and I already had all my credits done, so I just went to the principal, right? And said, "Look, all right, I'll go to college early. Yeah, if you all let right. me graduate high school early." She's oh, that's like, awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But then I just did like half a semester at community college taking, you know, fundamentals of music sure. courses. So right. I just kind of was able to get through that somewhat easy. And That's then awesome. the week that that was over is when we came up and met Ronnie. <laughs> right. Yeah. In December. Nice. So, uh, the, sorry, I, I jumped quite a bit. There's a pretty big gap there. Um, obviously, there must have been bands throughout like elementary and high school, even if it was just the two of you guys before. For sure, it was quite a, quite a few. Right. Uh, there was one called the Northern Lights. Oh, cool. Uh, which was kind of like um, foreshadowing in a way, because like, <laughs> I don't even know how we came across the name Northern Lights. We didn't really know what they were, but you know, that they, they show up in Canada, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So our, we had a group called the Northern Lights. We had one called Illegal Aliens. And then... Uh, a wall. A wall. That was even before any of those. Yeah, that was like the first real band. I think we called ourselves name, Snapped for a while too. <laughs> that was just very, one gig. Very brief period. One gig. Yeah. We had that name. We were the Sam Weber band for one, one gig too. One gig. Yeah. Which we only did because he really didn't want that to happen. Oh, he was like, "Don't call it that." <laughs> yeah. And so we actually made a banner. No way. That we hung up behind. I think he was maybe like nine at that time. That's hilarious. So, yeah. That was a crazy gig. I remember doing Hotel California. Oh, right on. And we're just we're just kids, so sure. it's sort of like what you're saying. Right. Like listening back, it's <laughs> not quite getting it right, but you know, still you go the for it. Feeling is there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it's enough. You know, especially when you're that age to you know you impress adults because it's like, damn, that's pretty close. Yeah, the novelty of it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, like a a very little kid with a regular size guitar is always kind of a it's an adorable thing to see oh, of yeah. course yeah so. yeah but i remember many many songs like that throughout those years in those bands just the set list we were doing pretty much all the you know rock and roll hits of the time i remember doing creep by radiohead oh that's awesome bunch of songs like that of that nature but i never remember learning those songs <laughs> at all so just like yeah 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 i know it I know it and just play whatever yeah (laughs) whatever I thought but you know yeah if it sounded close then that was it it was probably right yeah yeah I don't even think it sounded remotely close but (laughs) we were playing at the same time yeah so So then yeah that cohesion to it so a lot of like really pretty broad spectrum genre wise yeah I mean I think like I said Guns N' Roses was the start of that for me that I can remember like the first um but then, like I say, 
uh, our dad and mom having a record collection. Yeah. And so we're listening to stuff like that. Guns N' Roses, heavier stuff. Metallica, I loved. Went to see them. Yeah. Suicidal Tendencies, I loved. Right Still love. Um, Chili Peppers. Yeah. I was listening to all that a lot. And then you kind of get into your parents' collection a little bit. And then we discovered the Beatles. And it was like, wow, man, that's like, that's just as heavy yeah. as any of this stuff. And this is way back yeah. in the 60s, you know. And, and that really... For me, that uh, lit a spark. It was like, man, what they're doing is pretty damn heavy. Maybe it's even heavier in some ways, you know. And yeah. then you kind of go back from there and you listen to interviews of the Beatles and they talk about their influences. Then you listen to some of that right. 50s stuff and you're like, wow, this is, there's a lot of ways to be heavy. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Mm-hmm. Was there a specific Beatles song that really grabbed you as being super heavy? All everything pretty much uh i don't know what the first one was but that's one group for me where like i don't know it's a lot of heaviness yeah you know all the way through yeah yeah sure i think the first um album that i got with my own money was live at the bbc the beatles the first one that they did and uh the real appeal of that to me i think was the um it was live so it's before they really became just like studio mm-hmm. experts and they were still playing just as the four of them so there's that magic and energy in there and it was a lot of covers as well as some of their original stuff but you know there's just so much great stuff yeah on that album and just hearing that it really makes you want to emulate it yeah. if you can yeah absolutely uh, i mean and hearing something like that challenges you to get better yeah you yeah, know of course uh, of course, Dylan, too, was another one. Like right. I think uh, my dad got me a Dylan, freewheeling Bob Dylan CD for my birthday at some point, maybe like 7th or 8th grade, and that was another one that was like, damn, that's pretty heavy, too. Yeah. So uh, I guess, yeah, it's pretty broad. I've never really, um, you know, thought of myself as, like, liking one style. Sure, yeah. I really... Uh, I just get into uh, what's exciting. Yeah. And um, there are certain periods of music that are like crazy exciting because it was brand new and it's like really something happening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that to me is what's always excited me because it's exciting. Yeah, Yeah, very much so. Something that I've been saying to people too for a while is like I don't really care what genre it is. Good is good. Yeah. Like if, if you're doing it well... And yeah, if it hits the soul, then I mean, yeah, it's really all that matters. Yeah, yeah, style doesn't matter. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. If it's good, it's like people asking what kind of music you do if they haven't heard us or or anybody before. Right. It's just like really doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, if you <laughs> if you just if you can connect and people see the that you're genuine. Right. And you you take it seriously. It's people will identify with it well and that's always been one that we've struggled to answer because i don't really know what our genre is that we make (laughs) Mm -hmm. because it's maybe it comes from that liking so many different styles being influenced by whatever yeah um so i sometimes my new answer to that is webbery (laughs) (laughs) we do we do really webbery sound you know that's a good way to answer it i and i'm i'm a big fan of groups that play multiple styles too and just kind of flow 
you know, because like it's, you know, it's never getting boring for the band that you're watching. And when the band is having a good time, it's way easier for the audience to have a really good time. Of course. Of course. And you're always going to be like pushing your boundaries if you're always excited about what you're Mm -hmm. doing, you know, and it just. Well, everybody wins if, uh, if, if the band and the audience is excited then yeah. everybody wins because yeah. everything is happening you yeah. know it's when it's like standoffish that that can make for a long night yeah yeah of course yeah. Um, then you gotta sort of when you feel like you gotta beg for it yeah. beg for some come on <laughs> yeah enjoy life yeah you know what I mean? <laughs> but Those shows do happen for sure though everybody's played time. them oh yeah i always find though it's way more satisfying if you win an audience by the end where if at first they're like oh, yeah yeah i don't know about you yeah and then by the end of the night they're like ah! mm-hmm. those are well good. yeah those that's are good. a yeah that means that you've um accomplished something yeah yeah and you know rather than just kind of letting it be like oh, i guess they don't like us <laughs> let's just, let's just yeah. plow through two more sets <laughs> yeah 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 counting down the minutes yeah. yeah those those can be rough do you guys remember the first instruments you got yep Nice. Mine was a uh, a court. Oh no way! Electric guitar, so like an eighty dollar yeah. blue little thing. Yeah, but it was great. Great. So I still got it somewhere. Blue court with white, like racing stripes. Yeah, it was great That's though. Awesome. Yeah, got that when I was eight. And yeah, was it like sort of like a? Do you remember if it was some type of like body knockoff of like a popular guitar, like a Strat or an LP kind of? No, it was very. Uh, its own thing, okay. really weirdly <laughs> shaped but symmetrical at the same time. But you know, very light weight, which is you know because it's low quality <laughs> instrument, but still it worked. Yeah, and it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. had that in a little amp that was about the size of a lunchbox or something. Yeah, yeah. And rocked through that. That was it. Sweet. And he had the cat bass. Cat bass. It was yeah. an Area Pro Two. The cat bass it said on the headstock. Huh. It was a white. It was a white body. Mm, that was it. The cat bass. I <laughs> loved it. I don't think the cat bass ever really took off. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Stayed stayed kind of under the radar. Yeah. yeah. Prototype model. Yeah. I think. Yeah. That's awesome. I, wound, I think I wound up selling that one, which you know you regret that. Yeah. Later, because it's a lot of nostalgia attached to those kind of things. So oh, you yeah, still have yeah. yours, huh? Yeah, it's somewhere. Yeah. I think it's back home in the basement. But then, remember, in Wayne's World, one, he's obsessed with that... The White Strat. The White Strat. Yeah, yeah. So, when that movie was popular, went into the music store where we were both taking lessons, and they had a Strat there. It was a Squire. Right. But I didn't know that as a kid, so I was like, Mom, this is (laughs) one of those guitars that's the greatest in the world. I need this. So that Christmas, I got that one, too. That's awesome. Still got that one. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I still have the first electric guitar. I sold my first bass, which, same sort yep. of thing, that haunts me. Mm-hmm. But I still have my very first electric guitar, which is that um, kind of Seafoam Green uh, Jagmaster, which is like yeah, the yeah. Jaguar Jazzmaster hybrid out there. Uh, it's set up for, like, slide only right now, so it kind of feels like shit unless you're playing slide. But Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. But it is kind of, it's kind of nice, you know, you get something like that, and... You just, I still play it. You know? Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I love that thing. It's great. Of course. A lot of, a lot of mojo in it. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's like been through a lot of 
<laughs> a lot of good shows and more worse shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so it's, it's earned its stripes. Yeah, 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 that's right. Every every one of those dings and like all the belt buckle rash on the back end of it, all that shit is like that's done by either me or my brother or my dad. So yeah. like it's you know it's not a pre worn thing. It's like legitimately yeah. fucked up for me. Yeah, exactly. I like yeah. that. You know, yeah. me too. Yeah. I got quite a few guitars like that. I just have played so much and I only have a limited number of instruments I take out to gigs. Mm. But yeah, they're they're feeling the wear. But yeah. that's good. They seem to sound better and, and feel better too. To yeah. Me. Yeah, you start to really get to be very intimate with it and you just get that better with mm. age. Yeah. 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 Like a lot like us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so okay, let's kind of skip ahead. I guess let's to... rain back in. Yeah. No. Yeah. Hey. See, we're going off on tangents. Yeah. Well, I, I told you that would happen. You did. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was warned. So it's it's very loose here. Um, I uh, I I think I explained to you earlier too that uh, I I tried the first two episodes with like notes and like almost a script and I sounded like a fucking robot and I was like ah it's not do that anymore. Who were those with? Uh, it was with Matt Diamond and with Kaylin Davidson. So okay, yeah. um, luckily they're both like really cool dudes and they both know how to talk. So they, yeah. they carried me through, <laughs> which was great. Um, but uh, I, I, it just feels easier and more natural to just, cause conversations don't really go, you know, like, so I see here that you, you know, like nobody does that. Yeah. So yeah. Like, yeah. let it blossom, let it flow. Yeah. You know, the same see way where you, it goes. Yeah. Same way you learn how to play. You know, you don't like when you first start out, I mean, I guess some people probably do pick up a book, but I didn't, you know, mm -hmm. everything was mm -hmm. trial and error and, yep. you know, just kind of go with it and, um, you know, you just kind of figure it out by fucking it up a bunch of times. Of course. Yeah. So, yep. Well, there's an art to it. Yeah. Uh, working on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's great, man. Um, so, uh, how did you guys come across like the band was that like through your folks record collection as well or was that something you discovered more on your own it was mostly the last waltz i think okay yeah i think that's the earliest memory of really getting into them and i don't remember exactly how but it's just a very famous movie with a bunch of sure. rock stars in it and the music's just awesome i feel like they used to show it on tv like once in a while, special occasions down there, like because I had seen a bit of it before. Right. Like it would just come on TV, and then as you go through and you're learning things, we had like the opportunity to get a copy of it, to right. get the DVD, or maybe it was VHS even, and that was it. Then once you, it's another one of those ones uh, where you watch that, and you're just blown away with everything about it. You know the yeah. style and the I don't know. So we we used to watch that every night. Every night. Every wow. night. It was kind of like a, I don't know, I don't want to say a Bible, but, you know, it was something like that where it was just like a real study where we just yeah. loved it so much that you pour yourself yeah. into it fully. Yeah. That was it. And then, you know, then you buy band albums after that and Ronnie Hawkins albums after that. And um, that's it. Yeah. Just one of those things that is so good, it really becomes all-encompassing. Yeah. So you have to, you know, search out for any bit of information or of course. You know, anything about it that you can. So yeah, it just sort of took over. Yeah. You we're know, we were covering of, a yeah. lot of band tunes yeah. at our gigs and stuff that we would have down there. 
in, in Westminster and in right. uh, that's Maryland. Yeah, or West Virginia, wherever we had gigs, we started adding band tunes into it because we were really all about the band at that time. Yeah, yeah, they've uh, they're a pretty fucking rad band. Well, yeah, they really have a style. Yeah, yeah, and it's like I don't think I've ever heard a band song and been like, eh, next. No, you know what I mean? Like, sure. There's yeah. there's there's a few bands that you know you put on a record and you're like. Oh, this is a great track. We'll skip this one. This is a great track, mm-hmm. but you yeah. know, like almost almost any time I've sat down and listened to them, just like yeah, every time you're like, I don't need to skip anything, and that's such yeah. a rarity I find with a lot of acts that you don't have to, you know, fast forward anything. Yeah, so. well, I think a big part of their appeal too is the the variety of what they yeah. could do. They had three lead singers, mm-hmm. you know, and they could all play various instruments. Mm-hmm. So you know, I was listening to, I forget which album, I think the Brown album, their second one, just a couple of weeks ago. And just thinking about that again, it's like how bizarre the music is. <laughs> yeah. It's like all the other great bands, there's kind of other bands that went down that same road or have some kind of similarity, but not the band. It's yeah. just a stylistically just very its own thing yeah it's a unique kind of and but i think that comes from uh those five different members yeah and the magic of that chemistry that they had you know what i mean it's the beatles are another one like that where yeah. it's like every one of them is doing something so awesome yeah on its own but then when it's together with what everybody else is doing it makes this collective sound that is pretty awesome and it's a chemistry that keeps on giving yeah yeah there's definitely magical qualities to certain acts when everybody's together you know like like you said the beatles is a big one like i i like what they did solo but Mm -hmm. there's something about that magic together yeah yeah, uh and there's a lot of those but those are two groups for sure that i think of that zeppelin is is one for sure that had that yeah absolutely and you know they kind of rightfully folded it up after bonham died right yeah and they they did do like some reunion stuff and it was good but it's not the same you know even when jason was playing drums for them like yeah. it was still you're like wow that's awesome it's you know it's still in the family but and jason bottom's an awesome drummer but you know yeah. he's not john you know yeah and, it's not that same dynamic yeah it's just exactly. not as great as it is yeah it doesn't have that you know undefinable magic that's yeah. just there yeah because can, that's yeah. also built up over years and time yeah. and time playing together and experiences shared together and stuff. So, yeah, you guys probably have this where like when you're playing, it's almost like telepathy. I'm sure, you know what? You, I you hope know what so I, by this point. Well, yeah, I would say like it would, <laughs> it, it must be because like, I know with my brother a hundred percent, like don't even have to look at each other. It's like, this is going to happen. And it, does and then yeah and i i have found that you know with other people it gets kind of close to that but it's never really like quite as uh, i don't know just powerful you know what you're I mean? talking about mm-hmm. like the familial yeah when it's in within the family for yeah. sure there's some of yeah. that i do think uh that of course but we've had certain members that we play with and after playing with them for long enough yeah it becomes that too yeah yeah for sure like a drummer we played with for many years, Corn Dog, Emmett Van Etten, who now is out in Edmonton. Like, 
at a certain point, like he knew where I was going. Right. Um, and I knew where he was going and we were just like, you know, we were firing on all cylinders, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great feeling. It's a, it's a weird thing too. When, um, even if you've never met the person before, but when you play with them and it sounds really good, it's like instantly, it's like, okay, I'm almost positive. We're going to be really good friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And then unless there's like some weird, horrible personality clash, that's really <laughs> yeah. the only time that it doesn't end up going that way. Or at least in my experience, it's like, if I've had that like magic with somebody, it's like, all right, we need to go hang out. And, yeah. Like, sure. We're, yeah. We're, yeah. We're friends. Now. And see if it's more than just music. Yeah. 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 Sometimes yeah. it's mm-hmm. not. <laughs> that's yeah sometimes it's not sometimes it's not but when it is i've found that that's when i'm usually doing like my best of course stuff. it's better when it's better if you can get along as well yeah yeah you know it's like all right cool another member of the family yeah i mean that's i remember that's something that ronnie said to us one of the lessons he gave us was uh it doesn't matter how good somebody is if they're like a, if they're an asshole yeah because then you can't really play together you know and so for him he was like he'd rather have somebody that's both you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely yeah uh and you guys went through the the whole ronnie boot camp too right yep so that was something yeah <laughs> well the initial trip up just to meet him in that december of 2000 we came up and brought our instruments and just set up in his barn right. and played for him just sort of like an audition i guess but it wasn't thought of as an audition we were just playing for him right but then went back home for a couple months and then called him the following spring just to check in he said yeah i've been thinking a lot about you guys i want you to come up i got some work for you so we just stayed out of this place for i think the better part of a summer yeah Mm -hmm. definitely a few months yeah but this was just um he had a great band going at the time he always does Sure. But uh, so we would just sit on on rehearsals, watch his band carry equipment, do farm work right, right. around his place, just to you know earn our keep, and that's a big part of what the the boot camp was. The music was kind of up to us to learn and work on. Right. But you know, the work that he made us do was just to see if you know. How much we wanted it. Yeah. How much we wanted it. I always thought it. Like you say, it was up to us that, like, we weren't going to get in the band unless we really knew some stuff, you know, unless we really knew some shit. We thought we knew some stuff when we first came up. We thought we knew a Mm -hmm. lot. But uh, when you're hanging out with Ronnie Hawkins and his band at the time, you're like, wow, I guess we really don't know shit. (laughs) Uh, And he would tell you that. Yeah. Uh, Very plainly and clearly to your face yeah it was a next level experience just seeing his band rehearse right just the next uh next tier of being great musicians it just yeah. sounded so good and everyone knew what they were doing and they were doing it right and that was quite eye-opening right in so many ways you know what i mean like of course songs but in like tones and in like um uh, lifestyle uh, the whole thing, um, and Ronnie is very particular. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of those songs are three chord songs, but that doesn't matter. Like, they're parts 
Yeah. You know, and if you don't have those parts down, then you don't know the song. Right. You can know one, four, five. Yeah. That's not a, any song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. All these blues songs and early rock and roll, so they have parts. Yeah. And that oftentimes is forgotten or not really learned when you yeah. go back into it. You know what I mean? You just sort of like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Do, 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 do. But then you're missing, at least to get into Ronnie's band. Yeah, for sure. That ain't enough. Yeah. When it's there's a lot of tunes like that, like what you were just saying, like um, I don't know, Brown Eyed Girl by Van Morrison. Everybody's like, that's such an easy song. It's like, is it? Yeah. Listen to those guitar parts, you know. Big really course. Time. Yeah. You know, there's a bunch of different guitar parts. Big there's, time. There's a tiny, well, there's a tiny little Wurlitzer part that doesn't come in until I think it's the second verse. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. that. Everybody thinks they know how to play that bass line, but do you really? No, you what know? they know oh, is the is the bar yeah. act version. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, like, and there, there's hundreds of songs like that. Nothing against bar acts. No, I'm not sure. saying that, uh, but it's just versions of songs, and that that is right. Like, if you listen to the to the original record of that tune, like mm. it's man, it's excellent. It's incredibly well. It's so great. Arranged. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's um, fucking genius. So if you, I've always felt like if you're gonna do a song, if you're gonna cover a tune, really know the tune. Yeah. Really know the tune first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then if you want to change it and do your own version, cool. Yeah. You've got the foundation yeah. of what it really is, how it really goes. Yeah. You didn't just sort of like halfway learn it, and then do your version. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've definitely had that argument with people before about if you're gonna do your version of it come at it from a really well-educated place yeah right you know? yeah because uh, i feel like people that know they can tell if you've done your homework and if yeah. you haven't well like i say and, ronnie certainly instilled that in us is like right. he can tell yeah yeah i mean he's been doing it almost 50 years at that point he's over 50 years now but he could tell yeah i mean sam would play him chuck berry riffs that he'd been working on and Ron would go that ain't it kid Mm -hmm. because we're all they're all different in their own way just even that he's got so many but that famous intro riff but they're all different yeah every one of them somehow it's very subtle but yeah like if you don't have it if you just come at every one of those songs with the same riff it's not right yeah you know it just doesn't doesn't work yeah. It's just not it. It's not and, the song. And Ronnie was quite amazing at hearing those subtleties. Yeah. And hearing if it was not there. And, you know, he was all about, you need to practice four hours a day on your own, then have band practice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and do the farm work, you know. So it was pretty full days yeah. uh, mm-hmm. coming up. But that's the best, you know, for what we do. Now, you know, that's the best college we could have gone to, I think. Yeah. You know, like, that's... It's a hell of an education. He's a good headmaster. Yeah. Yep, and the guys in his band, too. It was just such a blessing to be able to learn one-on-one with all those guys because they've been doing what we want to do for decades. Right? Yeah. And they were all very... Well, not all of them. Some of them were gracious with their lessons that they taught us. Others weren't so... Sure. Kind. But you know, it's. They were all equally valuable. That's it. Right. They're just different ways of teaching you. Like, some of them went more Ronnie's way, which was like constant test 
And if you're not tough enough to withstand this kind of hazing and this kind of like pushing and prodding, then you ain't cut out for it. Yeah. Uh, the other guys in the band, you know, like Buzz Thompson. Right, yeah. Um, he was a great help in the other way, which mm-hmm. was like, this is what Ronnie's talking about, and I'll show you this. Yeah. Right. And like he and Brent Bailey would stay after, they'd stay later yeah. after the practice was over, before we were even in the band, when we are just like, Ronnie would allow us to play along. Right. Um, and then everybody would leave, but... Uh, Buzz and Brent sometimes would stay and be like, this is what they're talking about. This is how that's got to be. Right. Which is, I mean, we're very lucky to have that. Yeah. Really lucky yeah. to get that. That is hugely generous. Yeah. Um, I I, I, uh, I got to meet Buzz when I was really young. I think I was like 14 the first time I met him. Mm-hmm. And he was always just such a cool guy. He oh, was yeah, very, yeah. Really nice. And, you know, and he... He talked to me a few times about what I was playing, and um, JP Hovercraft was his bass player at yeah, the yeah. time. And uh, I still talk to JP pretty yeah. regularly. He's a great dude, awesome um, guy. And uh, and Brent's Brent's fucking awesome too. Yeah. Like they're just they're just really really well, nice generous people. Mm-hmm. Nice and they're veteran. Yeah, they're experienced and you know they're what? just good. They're just yeah. great at what they do. Yeah. Yeah, they're really other shit. They're all hilarious guys too, you know. So that was a great thing to be around yeah. as well. Yeah, you know. Yeah, sense of humor I find is pretty paramount when I'm hanging out with people. Like, it, it helps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> like I've never seen anybody that could eat so much and then go straight to playing and singing like he did as Buzz. Yeah, <laughs> like man, we'd sometimes get to a gig late, and you know we'd only have like. 20 minutes to set up and be up there it's like there's no time to eat but buzz would always find time to get his full meal sometimes he'd still be like chewing on the way to the stage yep and like a huge meal and then he'll go right up and we're straight into all those screams he could do and everything Um, yeah yeah all that james brown shit that he used to do oh yeah and uh incredibly in my opinion underrated guitar player yeah i just remember the early days especially in the Hawks, the concept of tone right. wasn't really in my radar yet. Yeah. So I just consistently at every gig, me and Buzz are the two guitar players, and I just got my ass kicked. Sound-wise and playing-wise, it was just an important lesson. Yeah. You know, I was, you know, somewhat yeah, yeah, yeah. proficient at technique, right. but the sound aspect was just like got a long way to go yeah when oh, you're playing yeah. next to he Buzz. had yeah. awesome sound man like it would it's a lot like his singing like it would just cut right through you yeah. straight into your soul like he'd hit a note bing, and it was so strong and sharp it was a lot like his scream that he would do it would just sting you in there yeah. i remember doing um massey hall with him i think that was the tribute to ronnie and uh, everybody had their amps set up in the long line. And Buzz always used the same Mesa Boogie amp. It was only this big. But it was like the, man, the loudest amp <laughs> somehow. And I remember, I think they didn't even, they didn't even have him going through the house or something. They didn't mic it. No, I think it was, um, we were doing Down in the Alley, a slow blues song. And Jeff Healy was let out in the middle of the song so oh, yeah. his roadie grabbed the mic off of buzz's amp and put it in front of 
Jeff's amp that right. he was going to use, but it didn't matter. It didn't because matter. The sound was so full. It still there. filled up Massey Hall. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. So good. Yeah. It's just that, that knowing what's going to cut through yeah. a mix and cut through. He had that both in singing and in playing. Yeah. You know, and that's a really important lesson to learn musically, but in anything in life. Yeah. Really, like finding what's going to cut through yeah. the shit. Yeah, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Cut through the stuff that doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. And finding a way to pierce that. Yeah, yeah. I just think it was very important lessons to learn, just to musically get your ass kicked yeah. several times. Where it's just like you know, I thought I knew what it was doing, but got a long ways to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very valuable. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I always look forward to the next time that happens to me because there's always someone out there oh yeah 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 that's that's never gonna end (laughs) exactly yeah yeah that's exciting yeah it's it's great i yeah um i remember just my specifically the first semester of school and really being told quite clearly (laughs) where i resided on the totem pole Mm -hmm. that was a that still sticks with me you know so that was a big thing oh yeah (laughs) it's like oh all right. Yeah. All right. I don't know shit. That's well, yeah. good to know. That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because then it's like, okay, cool. Let's let's fucking work on it then. Yeah. Cool. Well, I just think people need to hear that and be told that. Yeah. To for motivation to keep working. Yeah. You know, that's just how it is. Yeah. And the guys in Ronnie's band, at that time we first came in, man. It didn't matter if you had a big ego and thought you knew. You know how some people will get that attitude and be like, well, psh, I'm not going to be told anything. Yeah. With those guys, that was not going to work. That <laughs> right. was not going to work. You're not going to disagree with them. Right. Because they're too powerful of personalities, and it was clear that they knew what they were doing. Yeah. And they would just, you know, ram it down your throat if you ever <laughs> tried anything like that. Right. So, And being so young, 18 and 20 or whatever it was, you know, just young hotshot punks, I guess, who think you know everything. Right. And, you know, that's not a hard thing to see in people, especially teenage guys. Yeah. And they can pick up on it. Yeah. And they prey on it because they were probably the same as we were yeah, at some sure. point in time, I think, anyway. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, just humbled us up, I think, in many ways. Not that we weren't before, but it was important. Yeah. Yeah. So is that how you guys got hooked up with Sab as well? Was yeah, the... Sab was uh, the band leader. Right. At that time, we first, when we first came up, yeah. and we first, before we joined the band, and then once we did. Right. Because I remember, uh, Ryan, you gave a really touching speech about him at uh, the Wire Awards two or maybe three years, was that three years ago? Uh, two years ago. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Yeah. But you guys won... Uh, band of the year mm. and uh and you gave a really nice speech about him so yeah yeah, just, yeah. is that around the time he passed away yeah i, I think, think it might have been it was, yeah. i think it was a couple months after he passed yeah yeah so was, yeah he was another one uh much like ronnie for us that like man the lessons and just the, the time spent together is really invaluable you know like yeah i sometimes think about that a lot is like those really important people are sort of like pillars in the foundation of your 
being of your house. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. And and he really was one like that. Yeah. Which, even when we first met him, I don't think we would have thought he was going to be that. But he really was. Right. He really was. Well, yeah. Very, very hard on us in the early days, for right. sure. But, you know, a couple of years go by, and... 2002, I think it was, when Ronnie got diagnosed with cancer, yeah. and they told him he was going to die in six months. So the big all-star tribute at Massey Hall, Sab was pretty instrumental in making that show happen. Right. And we got the call from him. It's like, you know, we certainly weren't needed. There were tons of musicians who wanted to be there. Right. But Sab was like, no, these boys are going to Yeah. They're going to be there. No, the Webbers are in. That's awesome. Yeah. It was sad that did that. Yeah, he made that happen. Right on. Yeah. That's, that's very cool. I actually sang the first tune of the night there. Really? I think. Um, again, that's he made that happen. But you want to talk about being nervous, man. That was <laughs> pretty intense. That was an intense moment. I imagine it would have been. It was 40 days. Yeah. Or was it Let It Rock? I think it was 40 days. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, man, I mean the just the list of who played that show was pretty staggering. Right. Uh, people that were paying tribute to Ronnie, like for us, our biggest, some of our biggest heroes were there. Levon was on that. Garth. Yeah. I mean, you name it. Um, and I'm singing the first tune. <laughs> oh man. No pressure. Mm-hmm. And I remember too <clears throat> the the core band was just made up of all current and past members of the Hawks, Ronnie's band. So there was four or five electric guitars, Mm -hmm. two drums, two keyboards, horn section, two harp players, just so much of everything, but one bass player. And that was Ryan. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah, that too. Pretty strange. Yeah. That's pretty wild. It was. It was a wild one, and that would have been, yeah, that's the first time that we would have met Garth. And Levon, and actually, that's another one that Sab put together was, and we didn't even really know about this in the time leading up to, I think we might have found out the day before, even the day of, that there was going to be Garth Hudson, Levon Helm, with the Webbers. It was oh, going to wow. be a portion of this show. <laughs> yeah. And he knew that we were band freaks. Right. So he knew that that meant oh, everything yeah, to meant us. the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he did that for us, which is incredible. Just incredible. That's awesome. Nothing like good teachers. Yeah. Good mentors, man. Makes a world of difference. Yeah. Like, I'm assuming you guys obviously took music all through high school and stuff. Private lessons. Private lessons. I took. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, same you, here. Yeah? Okay. From the same guy for, his name is Tim Jenkins, and he's a, a composer, but um, more in the jazz Oh, cool. The world. Yeah, and I just, I was with him every week for about 10 years until we came up here. Nice. So, you know, all the formative teenage experiences most kids have, I was either at lessons or in the basement practicing. Yeah. That was pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. It's just always been the way it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really cool having those households, too, where it's, I'm assuming highly, highly encouraged when you come home to, you know, if you're looking to practice, then right on, get to it. 
Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, cranked out sure. in the basement yeah. five days a week. Yeah. 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 My mom encouraged it yeah. somehow after a long day at work. <laughs> we cranked it up. I think we always really, we always really took it very serious. Yeah. Always. Uh, so even before we kind of came up to Ronnie's and met Ronnie, like, we had that sort of, um, what's the word? Inclination um, to practice as much as you could, and you, like that you needed that. Yeah. After seeing Ronnie, it was like even more. Yeah. That you have to do that. For sure. Yeah, I know it was a big thing at our place to, uh, it, in my case, pretend I was doing homework and waiting for everybody else to actually finish theirs so that we could. So that we could jam. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was not a good high school student. <laughs> just, Devin was actually doing homework, and I was just sitting there waiting for him to knock on my door. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. How long do I have to sit here and pretend? Well, you knew what you were into already. Yeah. 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 I didn't want to. I didn't want to do anything else, which is really funny because there were, you know, a lot of teachers were like, "What are you going to be a musician for a living?" I was like. I, th- I think so. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, it. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, good luck with that. I was mm-hmm. like, Thanks. Yep, <laughs> that's it. So, so there were there was one actually, Miss Tennant, my English teacher. She was she was all about it, and she used to give me like crazy books to read, and she used to uh, give me all kinds of poetry and stuff because I wanted to be a lyricist too. She's like, if you're gonna write lyrics, read this and this, and then she would just give me shit all the time. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. that was really cool. But unfortunately, the high school music teacher did not care for me <laughs> because I wanted to play rock and roll and she wanted me to play classical and I had zero yeah, interest yeah. in doing that at the at the time I appreciate classical now but yeah you know when you're 15 16 and it's like you just want to listen to Rage Against the Machine and well you knew everything already yeah of course yeah, because exactly. I'm 15 16 year right, old yeah. years old so I, I know better than everybody yeah, so, yeah. you do have that uh you do have that thought as a teenager, I think. It's pretty natural. Yeah, yeah. Good to get but, it beaten out of you, But at though. the same time, it's important to find people that actually encourage the dream, the dream big, you know, yeah. encourage doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're going to meet a lot that don't and try and talk you out of it and try oh, yeah. and, like, list for you all the problems that are going to be in your way. Yeah, yeah. So it's important to try and find the ones that are like, well, yeah, there's going to be problems in your way, so you just... Yeah. push through them yeah. what are you or do? you go around them mm-hmm. or you get over them yeah you climb them yeah absolutely uh, and it's very important to find seek out those and find those that will have that belief yep yeah and yeah. give you that belief yeah yeah that's a big one and there's always the age-old thing of having a a plan b yeah especially if you go into music yeah but then joining ronnie's band was the first time actually seeing guys that are doing it mm-hmm. yeah you know, they weren't rock stars by any means money-wise right but they were they were doing it yeah they were musicians for a living so it was you know proof that we could too if yeah. we worked at it i guess yeah 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 especially when you find it that like they're all just human mm-hmm. you know it's like well fuck if they can do it i mm-hmm. guess i just need to work really hard because that's clearly what everybody else is doing that's actually doing something so, yeah you know if you can grind it out you know then why not me kind of thing yeah exactly yeah, you got the choice yeah you got the choice if you actually want to do something or not yeah yeah absolutely so after 
the boot camp and you guys get these like crazy opportunities to do Massey Hall and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Was the Weber brothers, was that a duo at first or did you guys immediately find a drummer in the area or how did all that start to coalesce? Well, uh, being out at Ronnie's and doing the boot camp and uh, practicing out there nonstop was one thing that was great. But uh, after a while, you you know, at you know, 19 years old, you, you start to get a little bit of like cabin fever. You know, yeah. you want to like get to where there's something going on, like some people around, see some music, yeah. uh, whatever. So uh, we started coming into town, into Peterborough, and just you know, going down, seeing shows, finding out. Okay, there's an open mic happening this night and so we would go to that and we get up and play and then whoever was there and had the drum kit up they would play with us right and so that's how you start meeting people but um and to the question i guess we were i guess we were a duo we always have had the duo as the 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 core core, but Mm -hmm. we've been really lucky as well with just who we've happened to come across who we've happened to meet Mm -hmm. um the paths that have crossed with ours and been able to make music with and work with you know like so it wasn't very long before starting to come to town that we met uh, cookie pier yeah shy pier yeah uh, and then he was kind of with us for a very very long time yeah and went many places did a lot of crazy shit and so yeah yeah kind of all sprang from the ronnie told us when we were doing the boot camp, he just said, all right, you boys just need to go play as much as you can and right. discover in the Red Dog. In those days, we were just able to, to do that four or five nights a week there. Right. Get a gig any time and do the open stages. So, yeah, we're just blessed to play with a lot of great people yeah. and create different incarnations of the band, depending whatever the gig was. Yeah. And who we happen to meet, you know, like I say. Yeah, there's definitely an element of luck involved in that kind of stuff, right? Like you, you know, or or stars lining up, or well, like that's something meant sure. to be destiny. Yeah. However you want to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. A lot of waste of word things. Yeah, absolutely. Could all be synonyms. But that was a a time. Uh, it's a little bit maybe different then than it is now. Slightly, like we were able to go to the Red Dog and. Within a little bit of time, like we were able to play a lot, not always just there, like with other places in town and surrounding mm-hmm. areas. We were able to play like five days a week, six days a week sometimes. Yeah. Um, so that was like, man, we couldn't have been doing anything better if you want to get tight with a band and you want to. Oh, yeah. Um, so we had that opportunity yeah. in town there, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, I also like the opportunity would, a lot of that comes from the fact that you guys were good, you know, so like that, you know, if you stunk, you wouldn't be getting offers. Yeah, to that's play. true too. So, yeah. Um, well, it was, yeah, just nice of, uh, it was John Greco at the time who, who owned the dog and him and Terry Guile kind of right. took us under their wing and just, you know, saw that we got gigs if we needed them. Right. And Terry would say, yeah, come sit in with me any time. Any day. Right. So we did it whenever we didn't have our own thing going on. It's just a matter of getting stage time. 
Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We sought it, you know, seek it out, and we were able to, nine times out of ten, find it any day of the week. Yeah. Um, in those days, so. Yeah, it's nice. There are a lot of places around to, to, to get a gig, which is... Yeah, this town's pretty amazing for that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like our hometown in Maryland, we wouldn't have been able to do that. Right. Just to play any time, just the, the opportunity wasn't, in that town. Yeah. yeah. So, coming up was the, right thing to do yeah. at that time. For sure. I was wondering if it's like because there's so many musicians in town that there's so many places to play, or, if it's the reverse or. It's like a chicken and the egg kind of thing. I don't. I don't really know, but um, I do find it pretty awesome that if I, even if I don't feel like playing that night, I could go out and be entertained by somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, which is nice because sometimes I just want to chill. You know? Yeah. It's like you don't need to go to some gigs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go actually see something. It's like it's Monday. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why not? No. We have the support this community has for musicians. You know, there's always someone willing to listen. Yeah, to, you know, nine times out of ten, there's people at at the gigs. Yeah, which is great. You know, some cities aren't like that. Yeah. Sometimes it's ten times out of nine. Yeah, yeah it's like the popularity of live that was, music. That was a heavy, heavy thing. Yeah, you like I it? Forgot what I was saying. <laughs> uh, that not all communities are are like that. Mm. Um, willing to yeah. go and support their local yeah. players. Yeah. Which is, it is too bad. You do see that. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's kind of a bummer, but at the same time, it does make it sweet to come home. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I gotta, yeah, I gotta agree with that. Like, we we have traveled to a lot of places and played in a lot of towns. And this one is special and unique in its way, man. It really is. Like, I don't know anywhere else that does benefits like that. Right, yeah as much as is done here like where somebody's in need like everybody gets all the musicians get together raise and then if one of the musicians needs help yeah. same thing like it's mm-hmm. i mean there everywhere has benefits and fundraisers but i don't know if they have them as much yeah and not only do they have them so much here but they're people go out to them yeah they're always all successful. the time they're always like well attended man it's a real it is a real community yeah. of that, yeah, which is beautiful to see. Yeah. Something that I really like, and you brought up, like if a musician is sick or injured or something like that, how the whole community kind of bands together. It doesn't feel as much like it's a contest. Like uh, when I was in school, like a lot of it felt like, you know, you against everybody else. In, in, in yeah. some ways, you know, there was just this really weird, super competitive aspect. Pardon mm-hmm. me. <clears throat> no, that's true. About it, which was like, it felt uncomfortable. And uh, here, like, we have the PMBA where, you know, if somebody's sick or hurt, they'll come in and they'll be like, here's some money to pay oh, your yeah. rent. That yeah. is you know? remarkable. Which is insane. Just because, even that, yeah. Like, as you guys know, like, we don't have health insurance or sick days or mm-hmm. vacation days or anything. Like, a gig not played isn't just, you know, um, that's not just a show not played. That's money lost. Of course, yeah. So, yep. And it's you know it's a tough it's a it can be a scary thing if you're if you're knocked out for a while, and it's it's really cool like um when uh, when 
JP when JP uh, fell and I think it was his hip or his yeah, knee or something. That's right. Yeah. And he he was fucked up for a while. Um, there was that big fundraiser at uh, Market Hall, and mm-hmm. was, that was that was put on by the PNBA. And when Bobby Watson, oh yeah, well you was, name it, man. Yeah, you like, really you name it. Yeah, like any of those guys, like and I, people come out. And, yeah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it is. That it's, really is, and it's rare. And uh, you know that's a, one of the very incredible and special things about this town. Yeah. So like that kind of stuff. Does that feel like maybe why you guys keep like coming back here, like, or like, amongst other reasons, obviously. I mean, you're married now. Yeah, so, yeah. So that's a big part of it too. That's I'm sure. Big part, yeah. <laughs> Huge part. Yeah, it kind of has to be. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, coming up on two years. That's awesome. Yeah, that goes quick, eh? It does. Yeah. Blink of an eye. Yeah. Um, as far as gravitating back to Peterborough, yeah, it's just out of high school coming up and discovering this community just like that became the magnetic field right where you can you know work from and like you were saying before you can always come back and and play if yeah. you need to and you build so many relationships with people you know who become yeah. like then they're your colleagues or whatever they're your friends you know yeah. so yeah of course and if you build your your group that you're taking out and playing is here yeah then yeah of course you know you're you're gonna come back here where they are you know yeah. what i mean because it's a hard thing to be uh living in different towns and still stay tight you know what i mean yeah yeah i know exactly what you mean i've had a couple bands unfortunately dissipate yeah. due to that yeah thing. i mean it, just... i think it it can work some people make it work somehow but yeah I, I, that could just be that old school ronnie um, teaching that Ronnie lesson, Ronnie way of doing it, which is you need to be practicing all the time. Yeah. Together. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty. That's instilled pretty deep in the core. You know, like we heard it so many times that. Yeah. How many How many days a week do you guys rehearse? Uh, well, it depends on the week. Sure. Yeah, that's true. Going, but uh, on average. Well, with the full band, you know, you try and do like two or three. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we will do the other days. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, really depends on, and depending what you have coming up, you can do five days of or, practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At times. Yeah, but it's, you know, it goes in waves now. You've been doing it so long. And in our band, everybody's doing kind of all kinds other of other things and stuff too. So, yeah. yeah. You just yeah. go with what will work for that week. Sure. But we're always. We're always going to be doing it every week, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. of course. So once you do four or five days of that, plus two or three gigs a week, Yeah. there's your week. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Until you circle back around. Yeah. And I look at that as a good week. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. That's not a bad way to lather, rinse, repeat, you know? <laughs> when did you guys do your first recording? Like, even if it wasn't, like, your first record, like, the first, like, um, I used to have one of those horrible cassette players that had the mic built right into it yeah mm-hmm. you had to like we had to duct tape it to the ceiling uh, yeah because otherwise it wouldn't pick up everything uh, like even something like that how old were you guys when you did something like that wouldn't have taken too long probably would have been around like the nine or ten nice yeah it was kind of a constant thing 
It yeah. was just sort of part of it. Right. Record like rehearsals and yeah. And then go out and shoot hoops yeah. and play it on your little boom box and like ah, just keep rewinding yeah. the tape and mm-hmm. yeah. you know. That's I remember awesome. I guess our first proper studio recording was our first album, one forty nine Lake Street. And for like a full year leading up to that we had this uh our friend Frank Gerard lent us his Tascam four track. Nice. So just tape recorder. So we do two or three songs a day and just write songs, whatever we came up with, and we would record it. So the producer of that first album, his name was Alec Frazier, and he was living here at the time. So we gave him every song we had recorded, probably like 75 or something songs. And he took those away. I was like, yeah, I want to record you guys. So I've picked these 26 of these yeah. songs that I want you to do. So we're like, okay, great. So we just rehearsed those, then went in for two days and recorded the 26. So that was our first. I think it was more like he picked those 26 and was like, okay, and now we will narrow down from there. Yeah, pick the right. best 12 or 13. Right. Um, but we just practiced all 26 and that first uh that first album like we recorded it all live off the floor in there and it was just it's one of those magic days where they were all working you know none of them really took too many takes to do like they were really just like we knew we were hitting them yeah so we were able to record like all 26 within that day or two days Mm -hmm. uh and so then it was like well let's see if these all fit on fit on a disc right you know because we all we thought they all came out pretty good so that's awesome yeah we crammed them all in somehow but that was just another great opportunity and an example of generosity around here alec the producer in those days he was like yeah well i like to do one free project a year for friends of mine do you guys want to do it we're like sure so just we're like that's the only way we can do it exactly (laughs) yeah but to go in for to a world-class studio with with him who had worked with some of our heroes in the past it's just great it just worked out it was a great one that's awesome when you guys are writing do you like i i I know most people have like very um uh, fluid approaches to, to songwriting but you guys always music first or lyrics first or does it like is it always slightly different i think any of the ways are possible sure for me like i uh a lot of times for me i will do um i guess i guess the lyrics will be first okay and then um try and find something that fits them but a lot right. of times too you might stumble on a good riff and then sure. see what the first kind of thought that comes when that riff comes and that's that's usually when it's the best is when they're simultaneous uh, that's sort of more rare, I think, but when that comes, then it's you know it's you magic. finish and you just know it's something good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, same same sort of deal. Yeah, I mean it changes. I think for a long time, I would do music first right. and then lyrics. But you know, if you're just sitting there and you think of a good line, yeah. a song can start there too. Yeah. yeah. So it, it just sort of sort of changes. You know, you guys are right. If it's if the two are too far separated, they might not come together ever right. without forcing them together. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah, just a matter of letting it come and not 
working too hard. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Got to let it speak for itself if you can. And kind of when it's coming to try and work on it then. Yeah. I think because I guess that can go both ways too, but when something's coming, that's when it's still happening. You know, like if you leave it too long and then you're like, listen, sometimes that can work. But I, I just find like maybe some of the just that initial honesty of it, the initial push of it, maybe. Um, sure. It, it seems to be harder maybe for me when I try and do that. Then it's almost like I gotta fit a line in somehow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. But yeah, I guess it's like you're you're given a gift of this idea. Yeah. So you just put it in the corner and don't unwrap it for. A couple weeks. Yeah, like who's who does that? Yeah, <laughs> who does yeah. that at Christmas? Got to tear right. it open. Yeah, tear it open and take a bite. If it was a salad, right? Which it probably would be. Probably would. Be. <laughs> Gift wrapped. This day and age. Oh man, that's cool. Have you ever had like? Because this has happened to me a couple times. Where you herpes? Could, that too. <laughs> uh, no. 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 Oh, I'm alone in this. No, I have not. Oh, okay. You never had herpes? Well, <laughs> just even a cold sore is one. So I have had it. Sorry. No, that's fucked. <laughs> never mind. What was the... What were you really, oh, going, uh, really going for? Yeah, have you I'll ever had... Oh, okay. <laughs> have you ever had, like, just a lyric sitting around and, and some music sitting around and then, for whatever reason, realize, like, holy shit, these fit perfectly together? Has that ever happened, or...? I don't think for me it ever yeah. has. No. It always sort of, you know, they exist together right. from the get-go, really. Right. Like, as soon as I come up with a lyric or something, I'll try to match it up with some kind of music. Right. Right away. Okay. Like, I'll never... Sometimes, but it's rare that I'll, you know, finish a poem, I guess you could say, just the lyrics. Right. And then come back to it right i've just never done it that way myself i have done it that way okay where uh, i'll have something that i've just written down maybe and haven't looked at it for a long time then i'll stumble onto a cool riff and then maybe go back through a book and see something that maybe that make all this would fit in right cool i'm just curious because I've, I've had it happen i think like two or three times now mm-hmm. and uh over like, like 20 years but mm-hmm. you know when it happens it's like oh no way yeah. it almost feels like I don't you know it almost feels like I got this one for free yeah. you know what I mean like, mm-hmm. I do know what you mean that's, that's sweet that's you know kind of relaxing <laughs> in a weird yeah. way well that's it and that's when you know it's good when you have that feeling yeah. when it's like oh this is this is this kind is of easy it's just flowing together yeah yeah. that's when it's pretty sweet mm-hmm. yeah I've always kind of wondered, though, the other the other way of approaching it. Like, um, I'm reading a book about Tragically Hip right now. Right. Bands like that and uh, the Chili Peppers as well. What they'll do, the musicians get together and just start jamming. Right. And then in comes the singer with a lyric sheet. Right. And, and they put them together, together. Yeah, yeah, and see what works. You know, I've never done that. Yeah. That style yeah. before could be something to it because they yeah. came up with some great stuff yeah yeah they really did definitely yeah i've never done it that way either that could be fun we should do it yeah. be. that'd be a neat experiment i it think we should do it yeah. just get rico to just jam on his own and then just come in and sing things at him 
see what works. There we go. Book that for tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right on. Sorry, Rico. I made more work for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll have the mics on though. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <That's, laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, uh, you brought no, that up earlier. No, I, I, w- I, I would did. never have brought that up no, if you right. hadn't refreshed that. Yeah. No, I did. I, I I really pooched that. That was that was an embarrassing moment having to tell him that that had happened. Um, just in case anybody is wondering, I I recorded an episode with Rico and. I enabled both tracks to my mic, so everything he said sounded like it was all the way back here. Okay, was yeah. Like, oh, stuff. I was like, oh, I was trying to go in and like cut the levels. And, yeah, you yeah. Know, and, oh, and it was just wasn't happening. It was a fucking disaster. Yeah, it like, happens. Oh. Everybody's had those moments. Yeah. Oh, it was brutal. So I had to go and tell him all hang dog, just like, oh man. I fucked up. <laughs> okay, yeah. Will you come back, please? That's the thing, man. It you it couldn't have been a better kind of understanding guy. Yes, mm-hmm. I really lucked out with you know who I screwed the pooch with. If that would have happened with your interview with Cookie Peer, would have been a different story. Yeah, <laughs> Lord knows what that would have not have been yeah. as easy going. Yeah. May have just been told I was shit out of luck. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look right into the camera. For not that so one. politely. <laughs> But Rico can go with the flow, like man, yeah. better than most people I've I know. Yeah, he I think he's got he, a gift for that. Yeah, he really took what Bruce Lee uh, said to Hardy. He is like water. Well, yeah, dude. he really mm-hmm. is. Yeah. He's a cool dude. Well, yeah, when when he first joined up with us, started playing with us, he wasn't. He played piano, played keyboard. Yeah, but was mainly a bass player at that point as far as <laughs> well, totally live was. performing. He was a bass player. Yeah. It was like, yeah, well, you know, I, I play piano, but I'm not really a... I'm, I'm not a really keyboard player. Live. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, well, that's what you're going to have to do 80% of the time. Yeah. So, but he worked at it. He dove in full, and he put the time in, and yeah. the amount of progress he made really fast yeah. is awesome to watch. And... um that comes from that application. Yeah. Like he really applied himself to it. I was like, okay, I guess this is what I'm doing. Yeah. I'll be the multi instrumentalist here, so I gotta get strong on guitar. I gotta get strong on keyboard. Yeah. And he really did. Yeah. And he's uh, playing uh, harmonica and accordion as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just sort of like whatever's called for. Yeah. You guys are multi instrumentalists too, though. Yep. Yeah, a bit. Because how many instruments do you play? I don't know. Like, if it makes a sound, I can, I'll get something out of it, I think. Sure. You know, uh, bass, guitar, piano, bit of drums, trumpet, sitar. Sitar? Mm -hmm. I did not know that. Yep. That's cool. Very cool. That's one of the most amazing instruments ever constructed. Like, it's. I've never tried one. Yeah. They kind of scare me a little. No, once you did, and you. Well, if, if you're anything like me, the first time I just hit a note on one, I was like, that's something special. Mm-hmm. It really you grabs you quick. All you got to do, I would love to take it out of its case, yeah. tune it up for two hours, <laughs> and you are good to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just hope that the string doesn't break, because there's nothing more frustrating or scary when it happens. Because oh, really? you're like, boing, doing, boing, 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 boing. <laughs> Oh, we had that. That was giving me anxiety. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. We, we used to play uh, at 
at Curry Village in town and yeah. Taste of India. No way. I played sitar. Sam played this Afghani instrument called a serad. Okay. Mm-hmm. And our friend Frank on tablas, and I right. just remember a lot of times doing that tune-up before, and then one of those strings would pop, and it was just, uh, it was, it was rough. That's just some good gigs, though. We would only ever play for the all-you-can-eat Indian buffet. Yeah. Right. So it worked out, but still, you had to sit in lotus position, I guess it is, for every raga we did would be like 45, 50 minutes so by the end of that, it's just... That's rough on the knees. It's pain. And the feet. Yeah. Oh, and man. the feet. Yeah, like your feet really go to sleep after that oh, long. Right. And then when you try and stand up, you got like club legs, club <laughs> feet. Um, and it was made especially tougher because we would do one raga, and then we would go to the buffet and eat these huge plates. Right. And I, don't, I never put two and two together really until now, that those second ragas would always be even like more uncomfortable. It's because you've eaten so much and then you just yeah. try and sit there <laughs> and play right yeah That's so awesome. anyway those are my multi-instruments how about tools uh pretty much just stringed stuff like the right. the serod is one i kind of play like what you're supposed to do with that one is have it's like a sliding instrument what you're supposed okay. to do is have long fingernails on your fretting hand and you push your fingernail and finger into the little fretboard, and you slide up that way. Oh, cool. But I could never do that because I play guitar mainly, right. so I would just play it as a slide instrument, which is oh. kind of cheating, but it was all right. But then guitar, banjo, mandolin. Right. But only a little bit, those, right. those instruments. I usually play every stringed instrument like a guitar. Okay. Yeah, that's just where I... Cool. Kind of gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. Right on. You ever screw around with like a violin or or a cello or anything like that, or? Uh, never seriously. Oh, no, okay. I can never, like, break through the, the initial sound. If you don't oh, know what like, you're doing like with a violin or something, ball, yeah. If you don't do it right, it's just the most horrendous yeah. sound. So I couldn't. Kind of sounds like you're swinging a cat. I yeah, feel like yeah. yeah. I feel like that one, violin and trumpet are the two like. To most annoying instruments as you're learning them for somebody else. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's tough. Yeah. And I remember when I was first working on trumpet, that, uh, you know, we would be driving in between gigs sometimes, long drives, and I'd have to get my hour of trumpet <laughs> playing in oh a God. day. So brutal. And so I would do it in the passenger seat. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Try to. Yeah. Um, he normally couldn't take it. Yeah. Uh, I I it get. couldn't be taken. Well, it's especially it was usually after doing a rock show. Right. So your ears are just you've had enough music at that point. But. Right. And then here I go. So bad. That's awesome. Those were horrible times. Uh, I like them. Sure. I like them now. I like them now looking back at them. Sure, sure. Yeah. I I tried to play the trumpet once and uh I I used really bad technique. I'm positive. Somehow I blew air under my masseter muscle mm. and actually partially separated it from my jawbone. Wow. And it swelled up like a softball on the side of my face and I was like, "Well, I don't think that's for me." 
and screw I, yeah. that. Yeah. Exactly. Oh God, it hurt. So I was like, mm, I'm gonna. Yeah. Like, no, you know what? Trumpets out. Yeah. I was like, ah. and that was just starting to like really start to work on harmonica at that part. I was yeah. like, you know what? I've mm-hmm. never. <laughs> separated muscle from bone playing harmonica yeah that's a, that's a good sign I'm gonna stick with that cause this just I don't have an affinity for that instrument it, it impresses the shit out of me when other people play it but yeah oh it's yeah like, it's crazy I watch it and I'm like no it, that yeah. hurts me very so, physical instrument yeah yeah it's wild like mm-hmm. and, and uh, watching some sax players I've seen it too where they get that bullfrog in the neck and just yeah Blarr. it's like holy shit look at the muscles that yeah, well, you <laughs> yeah. don't like the Dizzy Gillespie. Yeah. The, You're like, I didn't even think that humans had muscle there. Yeah. But they obviously do. But it's, yeah. It's some freakish shit, man. It's, it's very cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I guess in their own way, most instruments will change your body in yeah. their own way. Like even harp, you yeah. probably have much better lung capacity than I ever will again. But, well, but possibly I can hold a note for a pretty long time. I'm also working on um, circular breathing. Yeah. So that thing where you like, kind of yeah. thing, which is, uh, it's weird. The the one technique that I've really started getting down is the the John Popper thing where he does like, mm-hmm. and that lets you get like really. I mean, that's just the idea, roughly, but um, it really lets you get super fast uh, licks without. It's know, also really out. it's also really a good goose mating call. Yes. So hugely. I mean, you get yeah. two birds stoned at once. Yeah, yeah, that's so. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I like to go foul. But yeah, man, all oh, John Popper, amazing man. Like that shit is hard to play. It's, it's that's otherworldly. You know what I mean? That's divine. Yeah. It's to, awesome. I had to learn one of his solos for the. There's a Dave Matthews tribute that I sang for like two, I think two years ago. Rico mm-hmm. was in it. Yeah, and um, I was singing and, and playing harmonica and uh, we were doing uh what would you say yeah and they're like dawson you can play harmonica on this i was like oh sweet that'll and rico's like no, dude it's john popper plays on this i was like motherfucker <laughs> right like, yeah i didn't really know any dave matthews before this thing and so i started listening to him like this is really weird this is not i'm not used to singing like this, this is very strange mm-hmm. and so when they told me harmonica i was like oh thank god okay cool something that's like sort of familiar and they're like no no, no it's 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 gonna be John well Popper. yeah but oh, like man, what a good it. challenge yeah yeah what and a great I, I learned some new stuff like yeah. how to tongue block and bend on one side yeah which was a weird thing to try to figure out no doubt man it's it's, like, it's intense do you find it uh do you find that in particular john popper could you understand where he was coming from like with his the way he played it took a bit. Yeah. Um, I would most definitely be lying if I said I instinctively knew what he was doing the first right, time yeah, I listened to yeah. it. Because I was just like, what the fuck is yeah. going on? Because it was like, it's so fast and yeah. so many notes. And then even when he was playing like really long things, he was doing like just one drawn out note. He was doing weird yeah. vibrato, like really strange vibrato. I'm like, mm-hmm. how do you even do that yep so right. you know you scour books and the like, i mean much like i think just about anybody does you, yeah you try to find any source you can yeah. and he's actually he's got a handful of really really short instructional oh, videos awesome. online so i'm like oh <clears throat> that helps. straight from the horse's mm-hmm. mouth as it were so that that made a big difference but yeah like uh 
it definitely i felt like i leveled up yeah sure absolutely how could you how could you not if you pull one of those off yeah and i it it still wasn't right yeah it was pretty close it was pretty close but it wasn't you know what i mean i was like "Mm, yeah it's not yeah it's just interesting the different approaches of musicians i remember talking to our band about it we've been doing a guns and roses song and i had to learn the slash part right which sounds like it would be difficult but when i actually sat down it's like i know exactly what he's doing right where it it's all coming makes from. yeah it made yeah. perfect sense helped that i'd heard the song a million times in my life but yeah i just knew where he was coming from so there was no having to decipher any kind of puzzle nice so is this convenient. is this a surprise tune or are we allowed to know what that with the song is? We'll keep it a surprise. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. I think people have posted it anyway. Yeah, it's already. Yeah. Oh, It's okay. out there. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, just back to John Popper as a guy. Just think about him. Yes. In the solos, as I've heard, man, it's so speed and it's notes and it's fast, but it's always really musical too. Yeah. It's always still pleasing. Yeah. It's not just like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's none of that like... I'm exhausted. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right. It's, it's you know. listenable. Yeah. 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 Like there are certain like eighties shred metal guys that, you know, it's impressive for about 10 seconds. And then you're like, yeah, you're still doing that That's sweeping, about, huh? Yeah. yeah. Cool. But one of my big ones is, uh, Brad Paisley. Oh yeah. Awesome. Guitar player. That's so great. Monster. But, man. Just what you're saying. Any solo of his that I hear afterwards, it's just like you have to catch your breath yeah. from it. It's that technically perfect. Yeah. But, you know, there's no way to really hum it yeah. afterwards. You <laughs> yeah, can't really yeah. do that. That's yeah. when you get into sort of like the Stevie Ray Vaughan yeah. thing where, I mean, he's got, whatever the word is, chops. He's got chops all that you want. But yeah. it's still like always, you always feel it. And it's yeah. always like really musical and really emotional or something. Or it really yeah. goes to the soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. I think a lot of that comes from Albert King's style, which was like, that's like his hero, right? Yeah. So Very like, similar. And those, yeah. those bends, man, like, he does them so well. Oh, it's well, just that's, beautiful. That's all you got to do. Yeah. It's like, that's the sound yeah. right there. Simple as that. One that I loved, actually, a guitar solo, just speaking of, like, Stevie Ray and, and Albert King, um, Ghosts by uh, Big Wreck. Do you guys know that tune? I Maybe. think so. It's, um, I think it came out, I want to say, two years, two years ago? I could be, I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. Sing a bit of it. Oh, uh, the bass sounds like this, like, doom, 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 doom. That's like the, yeah, that's the one, that's the one. He's got the delay on the guitar, and it's like, this perfectly synced up apparently that was the hardest part to record um right i don't want to try to sing ian thornley because i will butcher it that dude is <laughs> yeah. a monster he's vocalist. awesome yeah. Yeah. i know he the really tune is though. awesome yeah and I, that, I know that one too yeah, yeah that guitar solo is insane like it starts off stevie ray and then it kind of morphs into this weird hybrid of stevie ray and eric johnson it's just fucking crazy yeah he's and, yeah it's filthy yeah in a good way yeah it's just nasty guitar playing yeah man oh. and it's that's one of those things where it's like technique for days but it's still like you know it's like still saying it hits, something yeah and it hits you right in the soul like yeah. you're talking about it's saying something kind of shit. absolutely 
I always find it's like to me they the a solo um, means the most when it's almost just like continuing the story that the lyrics are singing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 100%. If you can still get that feeling, then then it's really working for me. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. One of my favorites is um, once Frusciante came back to the Chili Peppers the first time. Yeah. And he had been off for a number of years, so he couldn't really play Shred his as much. virtuoso stuff at all. Right. So for that whole album, it was just this very rudimentary, open, sparse style. Yeah. But it still worked. Yeah. Just two note chords here and there, and then just a little ditty for a solo. Yeah. It's yeah. all it had to be. It just, oh yeah. He's it worked he's great. Yeah. yeah. Would that have been on uh, Californication? I think that's that right. the one. That's yeah. it. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty intense. Yeah, that was that stuff was great. You know what's funny is a lot of people kind of shit on One Hot Minute, but I really like that record when uh, Dave Navarro was playing yeah. guitar for mm-hmm. it. Yeah, like, I used some, to listen yeah, to that a lot. Really cool stuff on that record. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but, absolutely. But I I agree though. Like Frusciante had a very, he just fit so well. Well, yeah. As far as the the creative aspect, yeah, he was kind of the, to me, I think the driving force of yeah. you know sculpting that sound well along with the other guys in the band but just the for sure creative side he brought to it was one of a kind yeah simple as that yeah he was a real secret weapon i think yeah definitely. sort of like john paul jones for zeppelin like everybody yeah. talked about page and plant right and i mean obviously all drummers are like fucking bottom but not a whole lot of people um i mean maybe more now but you know for a long time like I would talk about John Paul Jones. People are like, who's that? I'm like, oh, right? Oh, yeah, it's like, too bad. Really, really? Who? Mm-hmm. Oh. Those people have never listened to Ramble On closely. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh man. And like, like all those awesome keyboard parts that he would lay down, and like, oh man, and just like the weird timing stuff that that guy would come mm-hmm. up with, like. And then, yeah, for me, it was really good proof when he did uh, Them Crooked Vultures with Josh Homme and yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dave Grohl. That was that was really awesome. Sorry. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. so <laughs> after your first record. Yeah, a lot of great <laughs> stuff out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of good tunes. Yeah. Sorry, this could turn into just like, I love this band. Do you guys love this <laughs> yeah, band? Yeah. And that would be all night, so I uh, probably should get back. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, after the first record, you guys have had like a lot of different lineups in this. The sound has really taken a lot of very cool twists and turns. And um, obviously, you've been all over Canada and all mm. over the states, and you guys have been in Europe. And um, yep. do you find that when the more you were traveling, did that influence the sound a lot? Just going to different places, or of course, yeah, of course. I mean, I I really feel that way. Like you can't hear something without it influencing you in some way you might not even realize that that's happening and also just living yeah just going out and seeing things and it's all influencing you it's all going in there right and becoming a part of you so it all it all um inspires everything else right yeah of course i mean you just you see other bands and see some great shows and say well I should try something along those lines. Yeah. And it just, you know, it never really stops. I remember, I think it was last year, maybe two years ago, at Calgary Folk Fest. We did this after party 
and we played first and there were two more bands after us and they were both from Montreal but they were like seven or eight piece bands and I think the last band was like Moroccan oh cool influenced I just remember watching that set and being like I don't know what this music is I've never heard anything yeah. like it it's just like incredible yeah. just the fact that there's so much out there yeah. that we have no clue about yeah so you know and that keeps happening yeah yeah there is no uh, no end to it you can always keep learning more oh yeah um, with music or arts yeah any kind of art really like you can that's why it's it's more of a practice than a perfection you know you just sort of keep oh, going yeah. through and yeah there's always more to unfold yeah I, I I liken it to like every time you open a door you go into a room with two more doors you know mm-hmm. yeah it's just like well, I'll go through this one now, but I'm going to have to... It almost sounds like a horror movie when you go yeah, like all, that. Yeah. <laughs> but in a fun way. Every, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Every room's got cool posters on the walls. It's, <laughs> it's really true, man. It's yeah. really true. Uh, I remember the first kind of times we were playing with Garth Hudson. Uh, he was still talking about things he had just learned. Right. And things he was, like, interested in learning. Right, yeah. You know, and this he was, I don't know, almost 70 at the time, and truly, as a musician, man, he is like... Top shelf. He's like genius level. Like, he is doing... Very much so, yeah. Like, he plays like nobody else. He is really always... Um, always very on the edge of something brand new and creating something new. Like, he'll approach a song completely different than any other keyboard player would. right. Uh, and just talking with him, and even he was just talking about things he's learning. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's best game ever. Yeah, really, because you can't beat it. Yeah. yeah, which is sweet. Yeah, there's always another another chapter. Mm-hmm. And I think one of his big things, Cookie was telling me about it. Garth Hudson never wanted to do anything cliche. Right, like that was his whole mo musically just right, to do right. something you wouldn't expect. And that's a interesting lesson because, you know, we all develop habits yeah, well, yeah. musically. Yeah. And it's like, you know, just trying to think about it and be like, I do this all the time and have been for a couple of years now. Maybe I should get off that idea. Yeah. I can always come back to it, but, you know, hard thing to do. It's easy to fall into the, to a comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, you know? definitely. It's, it's, uh, it's always a scary thing when you try to cut the strings on what was a safety net. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. you're just like, oh, shit, oh, yeah. if I fall off this wire tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. I remember, yeah, there was a period of a couple of years when I, I had a delay pedal, the Line 6 thing. Right. And I found myself using it 90% of the time. Right. And then one time with the dog, an audience member spilled a beer inside that pedal. Yeah, so I remember like, that. Okay, no more delay. Right. Ever. So, made it work. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. 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 Scary, but, you know, it was just, you know, it didn't mean that I had to keep doing that forever. Right. So it was kind of a blessing in its own way. Yeah. Sort of a newfound freedom. I think so. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're forced to. Yeah. 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 It's a, definitely a healthy thing to step outside the box. Mm. Just kind of. That holy shit feeling might be <laughs> like really stressful, but 
uh, I've I've always found that you know if I can make it through, I come out better on the other side. So yeah, well, it's like we yeah. always um, a big part of what we do is very uh, it's musicality, but it's also very arrangement yeah. driven, yeah. and that's kind of what's been instilled in us from the get go. But then you hear other bands that may not approach it in that way like uh, the Ramones for instance (laughs) sure the arrangements aren't bar none but it's you know it's still great yeah they got their power from something else yeah and you know leather it'd be interesting yeah a lot of leather (laughs) yeah and BL probably (laughs) but yeah just that different approach you know I guess that's where different styles come in maybe Sure. Different backgrounds. Yeah. Do you find if you like pick up a different guitar, like because you typically play Hofner and you're usually rocking um, uh, like a Tele, right? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes? Okay. A Telecaster or a Gibson 347. Okay. Those are usually my, my two sure. that I go to. If you find like, you, you know, if you just pick up a totally different guitar, like do you feel like that forces you to change the way you approach it or... You're not really. I don't think so for me. No. I don't know what that does for you. Like I'm, for me, it's it's. Uh, it's always just more about the song, kind of the, the 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 instruments, just kind of a tool to get there. Now that's not to say that there aren't instruments that are really sweet, but right. I I don't know that. Um, I don't know, but even if as I've said that, maybe if there's completely different possibilities on another one. It's going to, uh, yeah, it's going to influence you that way. Sure, yeah. And you, you might do something totally different. So yeah. I'll answer that with yes and no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think there definitely is a marked difference in guitars and what works. Right. You know, like back to the slash thing. I remember doing the lead guitar part, but because I had broken a string on my Gibson, I had to use my Telecaster. Right. It's like, yeah, doesn't quite work. Yeah, yeah, or that, uh, or that Chuck Berry right. workshop. There's another one. Did a workshop a couple uh. years ago in Vancouver Island. The theme was the music of Chuck Berry. Right. So we were up there. There was five guitar players, I think, and everybody but Emily was playing a Telecaster. I was like, <laughs> this is not right because it's got to be a, a Gibson. Yeah, hollow body yeah, for yeah. Chuck Berry songs. Yeah, you know it worked, but it just wasn't wasn't right. Right. So, because yeah. M plays the three thirty eight, right? I think so. The small body, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever yeah. that is. Yeah, but yeah. she was the one who had a a sound that was in that wheelhouse. Right. Anyway, yeah, you know, there were a lot of great players on that stage, but the sound was just so bright. Right. So yeah. bright, and that's not. Yeah, of Chuck Berry music because it's, it's so it, it can really start to pierce yeah. if it's not the mm-hmm. right uh, warmth yeah, to yeah, it absolutely so she had the tone down that day mm-hmm. cool and that's about it <laughs> just kidding it's great oh man um, you guys have gone through like a ton of different lineups that have included some like really cool stuff um, like, like proof Yep. Mm-hmm. Which was... How did that come about? Uh, okay, that 
came about from uh, the Trout Forest Music Festival, which is in northern Ontario. Right. Um, somebody had canceled, or somebody couldn't make the festival. I don't remember why. And that year, C.R. Avery, I don't know if you know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's pretty crazy. C.R. Avery and we were both there. And uh, the festival organizer was like scrambling to try and fill in this slot that somebody, one of the acts wasn't going to be able to fill. Right. And so somehow it came to be that we and CR would put something together. We would fill that that hour slot with something. And so we had like an hour and a half to try and put something together, I think. And so we did. And it really seemed to work great. It was a great, great set and a great time. Um, CR sort of did his hip-hop and, and uh, freestyle right. and stuff over what we were doing. And it just really worked good and it was really fun. Yeah. So that went so well that it was like, uh, okay, well let's let's not let that be the only time we do this. Right. Uh, let's try and do like a little tour or something. So he came here, and we were going to do like two weeks of gigs. And so I went to pick him up. Well, we were both there. We went to pick mm-hmm. him up from the Greyhound, and he was there with Proof. Okay. Um, who was going to be the DJ? So we didn't really know that at the time. We didn't know him, and so anyway, we they they both got into the suburban, and we drove back. We put together this thing for, and we did that two week tour with them, which was fantastic. And then we just sort of stayed in touch with Proof after that because CR lived in uh, Vancouver, but Proof was close. Right. He was in Ottawa, so we were able to kind of stay in touch and we're closer and do little things. He recorded on our We album, right. um, and then it was like, okay, let's try and see what happens if we take this further you know if i remember it right that's basically how that was cool and at that time too cookie was kind of just still playing still playing but gigs but kind of maybe looking to not travel as much right and stuff so um just so happened that around that time like emily was in town and then proof was kind of in so it seemed it it's going to take at least two to try and replace Cookie. Right. You know, yeah. Um, not that there's a replacement, you know, it's just a different way that you go. Yeah, for sure. And so we just, that was how that started. And then just as time went on, we just came up with different things that would seem to work. Yeah. And it's definitely one of those cases of uh, trying something new. Yeah. And yeah. it definitely, you know, it took on three or four new dimensions of the show which is you know it it was demanding on us in the band as well as them you know trying to make it work because this is uh you know it wasn't your normal rock show yeah but you know people enjoyed it very much there was some really great there were some really great aspects of that and we did some really great things um some sometimes it was it was hard like he's saying because um, now there's six of us yeah. in the suburban as opposed to four or five, yeah. and just and for other reasons, you know. But um, we were able to do some really great things together. Yeah, uh, and Proof is an amazing guy. Um, but I think it, the, the biggest one we did, maybe it all culminated with that Christmas movie that we made. I, yeah, I still is, need to watch that. I have. I it's pretty it funny. Yet. I think you might like it. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure I like that one. Yeah, I remember when uh, Marcus was telling me about you guys were shooting it, mm. and um, 
I was like, you're making a Christmas movie? That's awesome. It's <laughs> like, I really want to see that. So. It's It came out really well. And right. Marcus was a real natural actor. Yeah. And Marcus Brown was... Is the a, most natural, yeah. in my opinion. He just... <laughs> it worked. He just yeah. fell right into it. Because yeah. we did that as a play first. That's how we released our um, right, that's right. Christmas album. Yeah. And we wrote this play for... It's a six-person play, and there were six of us in the band, six characters. And uh, even that first time on the stage at Market Hall, like Marcus was just, he was a natural. Yeah. He, and everybody, everybody was actually really quite good. Yeah. At I that, but it worked out. Then it was the same kind of thing as with the CR, which was like, well, let's not only do that one time and that's it. Right. So let's let's, how can we get more people to see this? Let's actually make a movie. Yeah. And that's what we did. That was the way to go, definitely. Because I remember after we performed the actual play. I think we all agreed we can't do that again because you right. know how it is with the Evil Dead thing. Yeah, but we were lot. doing the the music plus and the, the acting. acting. Yeah, that's too much. That's the props and like the, and the set yeah. change, like oh. the scene change. Like we, you guys were the stagehands too. Yeah, there was nobody else oh, it was, on it. It was just the oh. six. Yeah, so it was that's, a big undertaking. It was hilarious. That's crazy. Like we yeah. had this all mapped out. Like okay, if this this person's scene. It's this person's job to set this up and to play the narration, oh my God. which we had um, recorded on the computer. And so if it's the other person's scene, this person has to do that. And these people have to get back to their instruments because they got to play for this cue. Mm -hmm. The blocking for that must have been a fucking logistical oh, nightmare. Holy shit. It was crazy. But I remember <clears throat> considering asking for some help, like getting a couple of friends who would be willing to help with uh, props or what have you. Right. But then it was like... If they can't be here for the four-hour rehearsals every day, yeah, like I, I'm not sure I want to count on yeah. them. It's just so you know, being out there and acting, yeah, you know, not in my comfort zone oh, at all. Yeah. So I just wanted to keep it in the six of us. Yeah, we can do this if that's yeah. possible. Oh man, it was just. <laughs> When I think back, like how we had like the props for each scene, weren't they in like little cardboard boxes at the side of the stage? Something like that. It was insane. That's wild. Yeah, but that Holy went good, shit. and then we but it filmed worked. it the next yeah. year, and now we don't have to do it again. Yeah, it's, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it exists already. Yeah, that was the thing. You know, if you were there, that's cool. Yeah. If not, you get the DVD. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to. I'll have to get the DVD. Yeah. But yeah, I mean. Um, the time with proof was really great. It was always sort of a, I think, um, a period. Sure. You yeah. know, like, because he's got so much he's doing. Of course. And we do too. So it was like, let's see how this works for a while. And it was really great. Yeah. It in was that time. Really cool stuff you yeah. guys were doing. And I really enjoyed it. I think I only, I think I saw three shows mm -hmm. where, uh, where you guys had proof with you. But it was really cool. Yeah. Really mm -hmm. cool stuff. Uh, one of them specifically. It was like a kind of a stripped down acoustic show at the dog, I think. Yeah, yeah okay. I remember that. Yeah. And um, that's when Emily first, like, I guess you guys were like, no, you sing too now. That's oh, okay. something that you do now. Yeah. Um, and and you had her playing bass as well, and it was just it was really neat to see, um, like other people just like all the trading and the passing around of instruments yeah. and mm -hmm. stuff like visually I, lo I love that kind of stuff it looks so cool on stage and it, it, yeah. it's it's neat too because everybody plays 
like you know the the base everyone will play that a little differently than yeah. the other person oh, yeah. right and you know it's, it's really cool when you pass around instruments like that because there's a, just a slightly different <laughs> oh yeah wave to it you know well, i definitely remember emily being like i don't play bass yeah being like i, I don't know that i could do that I'd be like no no just just think of it as a jug yeah <laughs> a jug. and uh, it'd be like no no you we're gonna need you to play that yeah uh, that's awesome but those were good we had a couple of the gigs like that the acoustic yeah I can't remember if Marcus was on those maybe not he was on the or one was the dog. He? He was. the dog at the dog he would have been yeah yeah I vaguely remember that yeah. I think that was I think that was two years ago I think it would have been longer would it oh, oh yeah, Jesus. yeah I'm getting all this shit blurred together again. <laughs> yeah. same year yeah. same here yeah um yeah, but uh, as we were talking before, sort of about Rico had didn't play keyboard really right. when he came to the group, and seeing his progress in that yeah. time, um, like Marcus, Emily, them too, it's been amazing to see. Yeah, their progress in a very short amount of time, if you really apply yourself to it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So stuff like that, like oh, I don't know that I can play bass. Like, oh yeah, you can do it. Yeah, here you mm -hmm. go. Um, yeah, you tend to learn more on the job. Yeah, so again, it's just a t matter of immersing yourself in it and yeah. getting experience. And yeah, it doesn't take long. It really doesn't. If there's a work ethic and talent and an application. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Although I guess Emily played bass on the first thing that we did together, which was that I still believe recording at the church. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. a great video. Yeah, it was that's a magic day. It yeah. really was. That was super cool. You guys had a lot of people turn out for that too. Yeah, to, that's to part of the big magic of it. Yeah, because um, I think I just put that up on a Friday and said this Sunday we're doing this. Yeah. Anybody who comes, great. And yes, lots of people came, and James McKenty agreed to come and record it. You know, and yeah, and mix it and everything and. Yeah, it was just magic. I remember they told us we had two hours in the church wow. that we could have it and we could try and do this. And we were like, oh, that's not going to be enough time to teach this. Like, we were really stressing, or I was really stressing that one. Turned out great. And we yeah, taught we taught great. everybody the song. Um, and also all the camera, like Jeremy Kelly. Right. He set up those long... Um, uh, that's another Good story. Those long, those, yeah, so that he could do the one, the rolling shot up yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. The way that we did that was we went down to Home Depot and bought those, and then as soon as it was done, we returned them. <laughs> I always remember that. We go there and it was like, yeah, these weren't what these weren't what we were. These didn't for. work out. Yeah, yeah. We're just gonna we just want to return them. That's amazing. But um, <laughs> so we set up for this and we're like, okay, shit, two hours. I don't know. So somehow we got in there, Jeremy got all his stuff set up, James with the recording got all his stuff set up, we got all our stuff set up, taught the song to the people that had come, and then filmed it and played it like two or three times through. Wow. And only like one hour had passed, and we had everything we needed. Mm -hmm. That's the way to do it. Yeah. 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 In and out. Yeah. Deadlines and necessity, man. Yeah, but I uh, so. yeah, I mean, everybody that came to that, it was it was amazing, it was very touching. 
Yeah. And we had done that for a friend of ours uh, up in Thunder Bay, and she really liked it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I saw the. Uh, there was, you guys had the dedication in the, right in the video, right? Was, at the end. At yeah. The end. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Okay. It's been it's been a little while since I watched it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a magic day, though. Yeah. It really was. It was cool. Yeah. You guys have been doing and still are doing really really cool stuff. So, yeah. So. Always got more up the sleeve, Dawson. Yeah. Always got a little something up the sleeve. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Um, How about you? We're working. Yeah. <laughs> Always. New stuff. Yeah. yeah. Got more songs and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Just trying yeah. to keep, you know, we're always going for the same thing. Just perfection. Yeah. But. Striving for it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Reaching for it. Well, always keep reaching. reaching. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. got to be the goal anyway. Yeah. You know, if you wind up somewhere on that path, you're yeah. doing okay, I yeah, think. Absolutely. Strive for perfection and settle for excellence. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Do you guys have uh, Do you guys have any records like records plural? Uh, do you have like Do you have some new stuff maybe coming down the pike? Or? For sure, for sure. There's um, it's just, it's always a continuation. Sure. Um, and, and you're working on new things. We always kind of get started on that pretty quickly when we put one thing out or we do one thing. It's pretty quickly into something. I think it's just out of necessity of who we are, I guess, and how we need to do it. So there actually are a couple of uh, possibilities, r records and plural, like you said, that oh, wow. really? we have in mind. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. That we're, uh, we've already begun. Nice. Not yeah. a lot of turnaround time, eh? Just right, yeah. right Just back to it. Yeah. Get in there. There's Get back in there. In the works. But, you know, with the summertime is very busy. Yeah. It usually is anyway. So... You know, hopefully in the in the fall we can get something out. I'm hoping anyway. Yeah, right on. But yeah, just gotta make sure it's fall or at it's least great. Christmas. You know, because what what better stocking stuffer is there right. for a little kid on Christmas than Weber Brothers' new album? I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything. So <laughs> we've answered that one. Right on. <laughs> um, What's what's all the like social media and like websites and all that kind of stuff where where people can Weberbrothers.com. Yeah. Weber is with one B forward brothers. And then we got Facebook and do we have Twitter? I think that, I think Rico runs the Twitter. Yeah, there's there's a Twitter. I follow. Yeah, me. is there? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I should think. Well, well, Rico was doing it. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think it's called. I think it might just be at Weber Brothers or it might be at Weber Brothers Music. I'm, I dropped my phone in the very beginning of this. So we'll have to get we'll have to get Rico to give us a tutorial. I think how to so. run that. Yeah, uh, it's once you get into it, it's not as uh, soulless as it may yeah, seem. Yeah, no, it's it's cool. I, like I think there's benefit to all of it. Yeah, it absolutely. really is. There is. It's just yeah. a matter of Twitter's like really short and quick, so you just, yeah. you just keep keep doing it. Yep, just blasting shit out there. Uh, mm -hmm. I think you guys have Instagram as well, right? I don't. Do you not? I think we do. We do but have it, I but I don't. Yeah. We don't. Like, Rico might have been running that one, too. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm bad at that stuff. Yeah. Should be better. Yeah, he's brutal See, at it. There's something to strive for, though. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm getting better at it, but it's, like. Like, I'm good on the Tumblr account. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, fuck. I, I don't, I don't use that at all. <laughs> 
I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be better with the social media, but it's like, it just seems like such a drag, but it doesn't have to. No, I know. Mm. I, I think that's, I think that's part of it is to make it fun. Yeah. I think it's a, a lot of it's about, uh, you got the choice to be posting or scrolling. Yeah. 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 Once I'm you start scrolling. Yeah. Yeah. Posting is better. Yeah. Because the scrolling doesn't stop easy. Well, that's when no. it can be, can get into being a drag, I think. Yeah. When you start going down and I don't know, man, it gets, it's pretty ruthless out there. Facebook is pretty ruthless. Yeah. No kidding. There's some... And quick. It can be fast. Yeah. You know, somebody can post anything and then somebody just like, ah, yeah, they're in. And then everybody's got an opinion Oof. about what that person said. And everybody just has an opinion on yeah. everything that they love to share when they're not when they're in the safety of their own home, yeah. behind their screen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that false feeling of anonymity. People can be pretty, pretty mean. Oh to man, of course. Which is unfortunate. And you well, just see so that. many arguments. It's crazy, isn't it? That I don't want to get involved in. Right. It's just like I'll, yeah. I'll hang back on yeah. this one and that one too. It's yeah, like, man. And mostly, a lot of that is because. I think uh, it just goes around in a circle on yeah. on that because anybody can post and everybody does. Yeah. So you don't really, I don't know if you come to too many solutions on those threads. Maybe sometimes they do, but, Maybe, but... I don't know. Like face-to-face is probably better. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a disconnect with, you know, the, the screen and then however many miles oh, yeah. between yeah. somebody you know because like the way you see people talk to each other online it's like that would never happen face to face face no, to no, face because no, like no, nobody would. so many people get punched out <laughs> so that's like, it yeah. you know there's things you shouldn't say yeah. when you're looking a fellow human being in the eye yeah it's just simple but you know like what's on one of those forums. what's that what's, what would one of those be just <laughs> look, up, look up your Facebook. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I think that some of it's not. I mean, well, I don't know. There's got to be some good coming out of it somewhere. Hopefully. Well, there, there is. There is. Yeah. There's, there's, and it's plenty of good. You yeah. Know what I mean, but it's just it's easy to get caught up, and that's partly that's just human nature. Yeah. It's yeah. easy to get caught up in that because it's juicy. Yeah. It's juicy, and that's interesting, and uh, I don't know why, but. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People like that a little bit of adrenaline that gets released when they see something that gets them worked up and get kind of hooked on that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then people, I mean, yeah, and then people tune in and it's interesting. And that's the yeah. stuff that has millions of views oh, and stuff. Crazy. <gasps> yeah. Maybe. Crazy times. Yeah. Be a lot nicer if there were viral videos of people being like, have a coffee. Yeah. You know, just like doing oh, something yeah. nice yeah. for somebody else. That would be. Would you like tune that. into that? I would. Nice. I would. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, just because I'm a sap. Every once in a while, I'll watch like a I'll watch a video or a slew of like cuts of like a soldier coming home and they see their dog. Oh yeah. yeah. And you're just yeah. like, <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So great. That's yeah. the best. It's yeah. It's just tugging on the heartstring kind of stuff or somebody doing something like even just like uh, uh, you know someone standing there like on a basketball court and they're like, what's up? And then just like sink it, and you're like, "Oh, that was so cool!" <laughs> yeah, like, I yeah. love that kind of shit. It's it's dangerous though, because you can, if you allow yourself, you can fall down that rabbit hole for way too long. And you're like, "Oh, a YouTube oh. hole!" Yeah, oh, then oh, you're so in. easy. Yeah. It's bad. So easy to fall into. Yeah, 
it's bad. You burn like two hours. You're like, oh, I haven't done yeah. anything I set out to do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This is a disaster. And then you got those computer eyes. You're all bloodshot. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, it I, looks I like you've been up on a bender for weeks, but you've just been on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's like, dude, you're right. You look really hungover. Oh, Dr. Pimple Popper, man. That's a weird fucking note. Uh, so <laughs> you seen that we, one? That show? Uh, Dr. Pimple Popper? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I've seen the commercials. My wife showed it to me, and I was like, I am uh, yeah, oddly for that oddly transfixed by this and yeah. um this is not something that i want to get into because this like this is fucking gross but it's hard to look away it is yeah, yeah. yeah. so um do you guys have any interest in in playing something or like a song yeah you don't have to i guess we could what do we have here to play on? Like out I got, there? I got I got an acoustic bass and I got an acoustic guitar. I got a keyboard. Do we got to bring those in here to do this? We don't or, have or to. Or would we go in there? We could go in there. I just gotta reset the the mics and stuff. Take okay. like thirty seconds. All right. Yeah. Sure, we could do something. Cool. Sounds do fun. Worn out records or something. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. We're all set up. Um, nice to we, see you again. Nice to see you as well. Uh, something that we were just talking about before we started rolling again. Uh, after we got set up was the first time we ever met, which was at a house party at Michelle Curtis's place. And it was a big jam. And uh, I'm sure I remember this differently because I was like super intimidated because, you know, it's like, Weber Brothers! And it was like, ah! And I, was, I think I was 17. I think I was okay, 17. Yeah. Um, and we were playing a blues tune. And I knew dog shit for theory. Like, I knew nothing. And, uh, and Ryan, you were yelling the, the Roman numerals at me. Like, because we didn't have a PA system, so... I mean, I know yeah, now. I remember those parties well. Yeah. Some of those. You're, you're yelling to get up just over the volume of the tune. In my mind at the time, I was like, one, four. I'm just like, ah. so that sounds brutal. right. Yeah. So four, man. The five. Yeah, but man, one. What an excellent crash course in learning. And cause, but by the end of it, I was like, oh, I know what he means. Because yeah, like, yeah. I kind of knew how to play a major scale. Yeah. And I was like, oh, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five. That is so genius. There it is, yeah. Yeah, and that was that was really kind of the beginning of getting really interested in theory because I felt like such a dum-dum. Like I could play like Primus and Tool and like a bunch of weird shit, but I couldn't jam on a fucking 12 bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, that can never happen again. Well, it goes to show, you know, you have like, how much those things are important and how much you think they're easy <sighs> or something but I have been known to um, do a little screaming now and again <laughs> part of our style yeah, it just is four man sing <laughs> get on the mic no, so uh, I uh, so I'm almost done with love though uh, yeah there's a lot so, of love in that I owe you I owe you man. That, that really got me started with wanting to never be embarrassed like that again so, it was a big well, deal. It's a lot like us going out to Ronnie's the yeah, first time and stuff yeah. in that way about the embarrassment. Yeah. And yeah. feeling like, oh, shit, I suck. Yep. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. When you think you know so much. Yeah. Then you realize it's, it's tough. <laughs> That's yeah. it. It's got to happen, though. Yeah. It's yeah. a classic Chuck Berry thing with Ronnie. We, sent, we thought we knew Chuck Berry. Yeah. Surprise, We didn't. Sing! Four, man! <laughs> 
guys. I don't do that anymore, though. Do I? No. <laughs> Never. It's not like that. It doesn't anymore. happen anymore. <laughs> really mellowed down. Right on. With with all that in mind, would you would you guys be willing to? I mean, you're obviously this is a setup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> would you be willing to uh, to play something? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, I mean, I think now that we're holding these guitars, if we were to say no, it would, look weird. It would probably look weird at this point. Yeah, yeah. it would really throw the wrench. Unless it was just like a prop to talk with. Could be. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would really destroy Well, the I wish we show. knew what song we were trying to do at that party. Uh, wouldn't that be great? That would be cool. Yeah. There's, there of, there's far too much drugs and alcohol on top of those memories. At least for me. <laughs> right, yeah. A little hazy. Yeah. It's, it's all in the fog now. <laughs> parts about that was that uh, he pulled us aside and showed us like his picking technique right on. which really is his own like he it is the lightfoot style I think that he created That's awesome. and one of them was this rolling sort of technique which Sam's doing now as I'm demonstrating as now. he's demonstrating here so with that knowledge we
Thanks a lot. Thank guys. you, Dawson. Thank you. Man. Great, Great to be here with you. Yeah. Thank you. Fun. Been a blast. Right, we'll do it again.